After COVID-19 brought the world to a screeching halt, teachers and students of all ages were forced to go digital. For the next 30 minutes, we're going to be talking about all of the newest technologies and strategies that educators are using to help close the gap between the physical classroom and the virtual classroom. So stay tuned for news, exclusive interviews, and more right here on Virtually Educated, WPCZ, LPFM, Demarest. What are you doing? Give me your keys. Man, I'm fine. It was just one shot. I don't care. You can't be driving. I'll be fine. Trust me. I'm only a mile from the house. And what could go wrong? Drunk driving is a leading cause of teen deaths. One in five teen drivers involved in a fatal crash had some alcohol in their system. Remember, just one drink is one too many. What is up, Lions? This is Savannah Richards, and you are listening to Virtually Educated on Z98.7 FM. And this is a show that means a lot to me, and this is a show that's very close to my heart because uh, education is something that I feel very strongly about. And especially with everything that's been going on over the past year, I don't think that there's anyone who is a student in some way, shape, or form and hasn't been affected uh, scholarly and in education, in their education careers and in their schools uh, by the coronavirus or by COVID-19 and just all of the havoc that it's wreaked on the country this year. And so that's why for my senior, my senior show here, the last show that I'll do on Piedmont's own college radio station, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of what's going on in the education world right now is that's a field that I'm hoping to pursue later. And I know that we have a really big education program here at Piedmont as well. And so I'm excited to get to maybe interview some some of the students in our education program here on the Athens campus who are who are dealing with these things now. Uh, I published an article both on my website and on the Roar this past week that I actually reached out to a friend of mine, Carolee Pruitt, who is an education major here at Piedmont, and talked to her a little bit about some of what she's been doing this semester as a student teacher, because that's a big part of the education program is student teaching. It's She called it the finish line for education majors who are looking into going into teaching. And obviously, with all of the restrictions on schools right now, especially uh, in some areas like Fulton County, where it's just been so bad with the COVID numbers lately, uh, just so many restrictions. It's hard to get those opportunities as a student, uh, which means it's, of course, hard for those students in those classes in Fulton County, Gwinnett County, or some of the more heavily populated counties in Georgia. And even up here in North Georgia, it's hard for students to deal with all of these issues and not just the emotions of being isolated, but with their schoolwork trying to keep up with with their education in a way that's completely foreign. This obviously isn't an issue that we've run into before. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about a little bit through this show and through my capstone project this semester is how are we using communications? How are teachers and educators using communications and telecommunications platforms to kind of make up the difference and and continue educating students in a way that's effective? And I know that we do that really well here with, you know, our split systems where you're in a green group or a gold group and you're staying in socially distanced classes, but you're still every other week online. 
and so we still have to deal with that online section here. And it's interesting to look at how uh, teachers have found really creative ways of connecting with students. And this whole idea kind of came about to me after I was sitting a couple months ago uh, in a band competition. And I ran into one of my old high school teachers and we sat down and we were kind of talking about it. And she looked at me and said something similar to, we don't know if there's ever going to be a fully in-person format for public schools in Georgia again. It's just with what talks are going on and none of this I can say for sure. It's just educators speculating and I've heard this from a few. It's just we don't know if we're ever going to be able to go fully in person again. This may be something that we have to learn to work with uh, digital learning and, and teachers working using digital communications methods like Zoom or in some cases TikTok, which is something I'm going to talk about a little later in the show. But that's just that's kind of how this whole project got started. And it means a lot to me. And I'm really excited to talk to you guys a little bit more about it coming up after this short break. From heading home going to the country. Georgia music from the soul Georgia. of Georgia's musicians has always been the soundtrack to our lives. Georgia. And Georgia radio has been right there with you wherever you go for almost a century. In the quiet times. And when it was time to get up and let the good times roll. America's broadcasters and the great radio stations of Georgia. This year, radio turns 100 years young, and we're just getting started. Coming to a device near you, the very best is yet to come. For more on the centennial of radio in America, visit gab.org radio100. This message brought to you with pride by member stations of the Georgia Association of Broadcasters. What's up, Lions? This is Savannah Richards bringing you the latest news update for Piedmont College. A little bit of controversy has sparked on campus here in the last couple days regarding the COVID-19 fan policies, which have banned students and parents from attending any on-campus sporting events. Much discontent has been expressed by fans, athletes, and parents alike at this new policy, speaking out against the alleged hypocrisy of banning students from outdoor sporting events, yet allowing them to gather for farm arts performances and cab events. To read more about this, check out the official editorial titled, Really Piedmont, Is That Your Best Excuse? on PiedmontRoar.com. Despite the restrictions being imposed on athletic events, the fine arts programs on campus are still opening their doors to community audiences. Come see Carousel in the Swanson Center Made Stage Theater, playing on Thursday, February 25th to Saturday, February 28th at 7 p.m. and on Sunday at 2 p.m. Every audience member will be required to undergo a temperature check upon entering the building and must wear a mask throughout the performance. All ticketed groups will be seated approximately six feet apart to get your tickets. Go to our socially distanced performance of Carousel. You will have to call the box office at 706 778-8500 with extension 1355. One more time, that was 706-778-8500 with extension 1355. That's it for our Piedmont News Update today, Lions. To keep up to date with what's going on around campus, make sure you pick up your copy of the student newspaper, The Roar, and newsstands located in the Commons, Library, My Center, or any of the academic buildings around campus. 
Reporting for Z98.7 FM, the student-run radio station at Piedmont College, I'm Savannah Richards. And transitioning a little bit back into our e-learning and digital learning talks, uh, I want to mention a little bit of some experiences that I had when I was in high school, because I know from talking to some high schoolers that I work with uh, at home or with my old high school band and my little sister, who is still in high school, uh, a lot of the the digital learning tools that kind of started to come into use when I was graduating high school are still being used now and are now what are being used uh, now that they're in an almost entirely digital format. And so a lot of what I'm going to be talking about, I'm pulling examples from Georgia, but I'm pulling examples specifically from areas in Metro Atlanta just because those are where I have connections to and those are the areas where I grew up and where I went to school. And so e-learning was something that was just starting to come into its own around the time that I hit early high school. It was obviously being employed other places, but we know here in Georgia that snow is not something we get a lot, but I definitely remember the first time we ever had a snow day and didn't get to just go out and have a snow day. Uh, That was the beginnings of what was in Gwinnett County called E-Class, and that was the system they used. And teachers would be able to go online if they knew we were going to have a snow day and post assignments that we were expected to do. And so it wasn't quite like Zoom is being used a lot now because it wasn't like a timed class. I didn't have to log into Zoom at this time and sit through a lecture. Teachers would just post whatever assignments they needed us to do for the day, and then we were expected to go on and take initiative and do it. And I remember at that time, this was a really new thing for a lot of students. Uh, And of course, we were a little upset at the fact that we didn't get to just go outside and make snowmen all day. But it was a tester. They, uh, They advertised it, the school system advertised this new program as kind of a test to see whether or not students could be trusted to actually do the assignments that they were given. And I think it was mixed results. I think that They probably got a little less participation than they would have liked and maybe a little bit more than anticipated, uh, which is always going to be an issue that has a lot of different elements going on, whether that's the student's connectivity abilities or whether it's just motivation. It it was something that was new and it was something that was just kind of being tested out, out. And then we come into 2020 and, of course, no one was expecting the pandemic. And it was just there was no longer an option of whether or not students could be motivated enough. It was no longer a maybe we can use this technology for snow days so that they don't have to make it up. This was now a necessity. Uh, And a lot of us ran into that in college as well because I think, generally speaking, there's a very large audience of college students who would much rather just be able to finish our degrees in person. Uh, I'm one of those. I definitely I'm doing my capstone this semester and I'm praying every day that we get to stay here long enough for me to do my final presentation in person. Uh, And that's the general consensus of what I've heard. And I might be doing some more quantitative research on this later to bring back to you with actual numbers and surveys. But students, especially at the high school level, were not given a choice this year uh, as to whether or not they could choose whether or not to be productive. It's be productive because there's no other option. You're going to have to make this work. And 
for the most part, I think they have. Of course, a lot of different counties were doing forgiveness programs where towards the end of the year, teachers were asked to go ahead and let students turn in any assignments they missed. And school systems, you could really see them try to make sure that students were getting the leeway that they need during this transition period. And it was a huge transition period. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that more later, uh, some of the different kind of leniences that were given to students. But while this was something that we had seen coming up from snow days, no one could have predicted that we would have had to go within the first couple years of having these technologies go full online. And overall, I mean, I'm going to talk to more teachers about it coming up to see their opinion. Personally, I think with everything that's been going on, students have done an exceptional job of staying on task and giving it their best. Of course, there are some issues with Zoom, and one of the biggest issues with Zoom is always going to be the silence after a teacher asks a question where students just don't want to turn on their mic. That wasn't something that you had in a physical classroom. You didn't get to just not turn on your mic or turn off your camera. You had to sit there and communicate because you had a physical person, a teacher, standing in front of you, looking down on you with the little teacher glare, uh, saying, hey, I need a response. Answer my question. You can't just be quiet. Now students are given that option to be silent, which cuts off communication. You can't learn if you're not willing to listen. And so it's it's brought with it a whole new class of issues. And I think teachers have found some really interesting ways to circumvent that. Uh, one of the most interesting to me being teachers who have gotten onto TikTok. And so I'm going to come back after a brief interview with Dr. Melissa Tingle here in the Mass Communications part Department at Piedmont College and talk to you a little bit about some of the teachers on TikTok who I've reached out to. So stay tuned for that. What's up, Lions? This is Savannah Richards, and I'm here in the studio today with Dr. Melissa Tingle, a Mass Communications professor and Office of Academic Technology Instructional Designer. How are you doing today? Doing well, Savannah. How are you? I'm doing good. So can you tell me a little bit about what you do with academic technology here at Piedmont? I do. So my primary responsibilities um, with academic technology involve taking the programs that the president and the provost have identified as wanting to co convert from face-to-face -to, -face to online. So we've got a number of programs in the School of Education. We've got a number of programs, including the MBA program with the Walker School of Business. Um, they've identified these programs as converting to online, and so my job is to work with the professors in each of those departments to um, cultivate content. They act as subject matter experts in their specific area, um, and I work with them over a period of time to put together these online courses. I do a lot of template designing. Um, I do a lot of taking their content and amplifying it, whether it's through artificial intelligence or um, through programs like Adobe Captivate or Articulate to make them a little more interactive, a little more entertaining, and, um, and try to take content that might typically be perceived by students as dry and try to jazz it up as much as possible. Okay, and I think I heard that education especially are doing grad school programs all online. Does that all apply to those entirely online programs? That's correct. So a lot of the um, grad school programs for the School of Education were formerly in what was called a cohort model where people would come in um, and it kind of varied in the format. Sometimes they would do once every few weeks they would meet face-to-face -face, and then there would be a lot of hybridized content online so they're both face-to-face -face and online. Um, and so they converted everything to online and um, you know are building out each of the programs like the ed specialist uh, the master's in curriculum and instruction, things like that. So, yeah, they're all online now. 
All right. Uh, and you also mentioned working with Canvas a little bit earlier. So in what kind of ways have you worked on designing Canvas pages or helping teachers with their Canvas pages to try and make them more accessible to students? Sure, absolutely. So Canvas in its default state is not a very exciting place to be and find your schoolwork. And so what I like to do um, is work with another instructional designer. Um, her name is Melissa Evans. She works in Office of Academic Technology. And she and I work together um, to try and create more streamlined, user-friendly designs that are also nice and aesthetically pleasing as well. And we do that um, through a number of coding techniques and things that we've picked up along the way. She and I both are neither coders by design. We did not go to school for that. That's something that we learned on our own. And so we're kind of passionate about it. And we like designing really pretty things for Canvas that makes student navigation a lot easier um, and hopefully faculty navigation a lot easier as well and faculty organization of their courses. All right. And one more question for you. Uh, you mentioned a little bit earlier that you're working right now on a new program for Piedmont. Can you tell me anything about that? Um, <clears throat> well, right now I'm working on the Master's of Business Administration program that has been identified as one of those programs to convert to online. Um, so we are actu actually working on building the first batch of courses that are set to roll out in fall of 2021. So stay tuned with the new branding that's going to roll out with P the soon-to-be Piedmont University and stay tuned for fall 2021 marketing for that online MBA at Piedmont University. All right. Well, thank you for joining me in the studio today. This was Dr. Melissa Tingle, Mass Communications Professor and Academic Technology Instructional Designer, reporting for Z98.7 FM, the student-run radio station at Piedmont College. I'm Savannah Richards. And coming back around to something we talked about a little bit, uh, if any of you are not familiar with Canvas here at Piedmont, I don't know how, um, but for any other listeners who might not be so familiar with Canvas as a program. It's very similar to eClass and some of the other fully academic digital technologies that are, are being used right now by schools or by universities. Uh, and that is a program that is made specifically for students to use to keep track of their classes and for teachers to communicate with their students. But I've also noticed over the past year and a half here that more and more teachers are using some platforms that weren't necessarily designed for education, uh, for education. And not so much YouTube, which YouTube is one that I'm going to get to later because teachers have for a while been putting up tutorials or trying to help educate via YouTube. A little more interesting to me is the recent rise of a hashtag, uh, hashtag teachers of TikTok or TikTok teachers on TikTok, which if you're not familiar with TikTok yet, you, know, you might be living under a rock. It's one of the fastest growing new social media technologies or social media apps in the United States and across the world. And the formatting of TikTok is not one that I would have assumed would work very well for education, but I've seen so many teachers get on there. And I've even uh, gotten the opportunity to talk to a few and to get in touch with a few and have some conversation about you know, what they're using that app for. And a lot of the answer that I got were were one of two things. It was either using this app, using TikTok and creating content to try and connect with teachers when you can't be close to them in person or when you're not able to go into the office and to try and keep up that flow of information and, and a feeling of helping each other out and get that we're all in this together going on. <laughs> and the other was creating content for students 
uh, to look at and to try and connect with them and get some kind of personal communication going on with students who you would typically get to see every day and now are only getting to talk to on a screen. Uh, because obviously there's a difference between communicating 100% in person and communicating online. And it can be harder for a teacher to connect to a student and to really get that kind of personal rapport going on whenever you only get to see them on Zoom or through Google Classroom or a couple other websites that I'm going to mention later. And I was really amazed to see some of the content that these teachers are putting on TikTok. And hopefully over the course of the next few weeks, I'm going to get to do a few interviews with some teachers who have gotten TikTok famous. And so just to kind of start out talking about that and introduce you to the idea, uh, a lot of what I've seen from teachers on TikTok are your normal TikTok trends, but they're done in a way that is school appropriate and they're done in a way that is what is being used by Generation Z and some of these younger students. Uh, so I like to think of it as kind of a teacher kind of coming down to that Gen Z level and kind of taking a step out of that professionalist setting of a school and of a classroom and showing students that they are real people. And I think that that's something that's really important just from my personal experience as a student is I remember the teachers who took time to connect with me in person. I remember the teachers who I got their phone number after graduation or I followed them on Facebook after graduation and we stay in touch. Those are the ones who have motivated me into becoming interested in being an educator. Those are the teachers who made the biggest difference in my life were the ones who took the time to get to know me as a person and even let me get to know them. And I think that's such an important part of, of high school and of being a student and an educator. And to be able to try and facilitate that using different mediums, using TikTok or however they can, uh, I think has been really special. And I think that's really important for students in classes today. Uh, and so to see teachers on TikTok finding that that humor and telling jokes or, you know, looking at popular memes, doing silly TikTok dances. I think that's super important. And I'm really excited to get to talk more to them about that uh, coming right up. But overall, throughout the course of the next few weeks, I'm definitely going to be taking the time to interview teachers about how that works, because it's all good and well to look at teachers on TikTok and say, OK, that's fun. Um, but it's a whole nother ball game whenever you consider that a lot of school systems have rules for teachers that require them to not follow students on social media. You cannot interact with students on social media because there has to be a level of professionalism. And so through my interviews, I found a lot of ways that teachers have managed to find that line of professionalism and having personality and have managed to walk that with students. And so that's something that I'm excited to talk to more teachers about. I know that one of the teachers I was talking to right now, I won't give any names until they agree to actually come on the show, but they were saying that through TikTok, since for anyone who's familiar with TikTok, you don't actually have to follow someone in order to see their content. Uh, a lot of the times it pops up on your For You page or you can like it and not actually follow and vice versa. It, it leaves a little bit of a, a barrier up. Uh, it's not like Instagram where you have to follow and be followed or like Facebook where you have to submit a friend request. So one of the teachers I was talking to said that she can post content for her students, uh, content that is geared towards her students, whether it's 
making fun of them not doing their homework in kind of a quirky, fun, well-mannered way or things like that or reminding them about an assignment through doing a TikTok dance, creative things like that. She can still post that content for her students without actually following them or commenting or uh, reacting to any comments that they've sent or she can block comments altogether. It's just, it depends on which school district you're in and what the requirements are and what the restrictions are between communications through social media and communications with students through social media especially. It's just, there's a lot more that goes into it than I think most people would have on the top of their brains after hearing teachers on TikTok. And so uh, through the next few weeks, hopefully next week, I will have someone here from TikTok uh, to interview and to talk a little bit more about on air. Uh, But for now, we're going to have a short break as we go through a commercial break. Hey, what are you doing this Friday and every Friday at noon? Have lunch with us, 12 o'clock variety show on Z98.7 FM, the student-run radio station at Piedmont College. Would you like some country and conversation while you chew? Some hip-hop and hot topics added to your hot plate? Want some pop while you pop a snack? We've got your back. We're the show that makes you go, hmm, while you, hmm. Join us every Friday at noon here on Z98.7 FM, the student-run radio station at Piedmont College. As we continue to battle the COVID-19 pandemic, always make sure you continue to practice social distancing. Stay at least six feet away from other people. Do not gather in groups. Stay out of crowded places and avoid mass gatherings. In addition to everyday steps to prevent COVID-19, keep space between you and others is one of the best tools we have to avoid being exposed to this virus and slowing its spread locally and across the country and the world. When COVID-19 is spreading in your area, everyone should limit close contact with individuals outside your household in indoor and outdoor spaces. What's up, Lions? This is Savannah Richards bringing you the latest weather update for Northeast Georgia. As many of you have probably noticed, it's pretty rainy out there. Today, we've got thunderstorms with a high of 58 degrees and a low of 55 degrees. And the rain will keep up until 9 a.m. tomorrow, so if you've got a spare boat lying around, now might be a good time to drag it out. Temperatures will also be dropping again tomorrow by almost 10 degrees with a high of 49 and a low of 44. It'll be just as cold and wet throughout the rest of the weekend, so be careful on icy roads, Lions. Currently in Demarest at 4.26 p.m., we have a slight drizzle, and it is 55 degrees. And moving right along with our digital learning talk, I actually found a really interesting thread on a website this weekend that I thought some of you might be interested to hear, uh, because with all of this deep, heavy talk about, you know, the future of communication and how we're going to reach students and how we're going to support them. Um, I think there's also been a lot of just silly, lighthearted moments that kind of comes with the territory whenever you're talking about students, whether that's lower level, secondary, or college education. I think young people have a really good way of finding the humor in situations and managing to make the best of it. And so while I was doing some surfing this weekend, I came across a website uh, called weareteachers.com and I found a couple of funny digital learning moments that they had posted and I wanted to share a couple. Uh, The first one here, this is a quote from Jennifer E. And she said, I had a student get up from the floor and walk across into his closet. We could see that he was changing clothes based on his arm and leg movements, though thankfully we couldn't see anything other than a random arm or leg. He came back and sat down, and when I asked if he had just changed clothes, he said, yes, 
I hadn't gotten out of my pajamas yet. I think that that is something that most people can relate to right now. Uh, I've definitely done a few Zoom calls in my pajamas uh, after this semester. It's just, why not take opportunities where they come? Why not? There's really no reason. Uh, maybe don't go change in the closet in the middle of a Zoom call. If you're going to, maybe at least turn off your camera first. But you know how kids are. And so does Amanda R. Definitely knows how kids are. She said, I had a kindergartner who was on camera and I looked away and I looked back and there was a big Woody doll from Toy Story in his place. I cracked up. <laughs> I think that that's something that's happened a lot. I've actually read a lot of accounts of students either replacing their uh, their screensaver on Zoom with a picture of themselves or a picture of something silly. People have found very interesting ways of making Zoom classes more entertaining. Uh, so that was really fun for me. And also kind of reminded me of uh, a high school band that I help out with every once in a while. I'm not going to name which one specifically, but um, they have a mascot, which is a mannequin doll head, and her name is Stacy. And I just wanted to give Stacy a shout out today for my younger sister, who is part of that band. I thought she might find that funny. And the last one before we do our wrap up for the day, one of my students brought us out on her trampoline and then jumped the entire morning meeting with a Chromebook in her hands. I think that takes some skill because I would definitely drop and break my Chromebook. But, you know, kids have a way of making the best of everything. So thank you for joining us here today, and I hope you join me again next week for Virtually Educated. Thank you for tuning in to Virtually Educated. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to tune in again next Thursday at 4 p.m. for another 30 minutes of exclusive talk and interviews right here on Zeke 98.7 FM.